Cool. That's where it's live right now. It's live. We're going. Right. Yeah. Here we are. All right. Welcome back to Stories from the Niche. I'm yeah. Curtis. Devin. And uh, we have a special guest with us here today. Introduce yourself. Hi guys. I'm Brandon Hope. I'm um, fourth year accounting student at Saint FX. Um, first year NARP. Um, I'm a veteran uh, alumni of uh, the ex hockey team. And uh, yeah, that's just a little bit about myself. Awesome, cool. I love <laughs> so it. yeah, what's actually cool about this is Brandon, myself, and Devin. We actually don't even know each other like that well. No, yeah. So well, I know Curtis, but well, yeah, <laughs> like, it's, far, so. <laughs> it's gonna be cool. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> you're actually from Michigan, right? Yeah, Michigan, yeah, Canton, Michigan, um, just outside of Detroit. So I've made my way down to a few Red Wings games, Pistons games. Um, nice. It's a big Colorado Avalanche fan growing up, though. Oh, really? Yeah. How well, do you get to that? You're from too. Detroit. <coughs> Colorado? Um, that's the thing. I'm a, I'm a goalie, so I was dropped on my head as a kid. And, uh, <laughs> a couple too many uh, pucks off the dome. Yeah, right? exactly. So I was a big Patty Waugh fan. That's and, awesome. Uh, yeah. I was, too. It's yeah. just for some reason. Yeah. He's, uh, sick. he's the GOAT, man. So uh, yeah. I had to, had to stick with the Avs Nation. And then uh, I actually got a beer dumped on me as I was a kid at a Red Wings game with an Avalanche jersey. I was that annoying. Oh, no way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I that. Remember an, it too. I was Oh, I couldn't forget it. I was that <laughs> a, that annoying kid. Every time the abs would score, I just get up in everyone's face. Go and, crazy. Yeah, I probably deserved it. So. Did you ever bring a sign? <laughs> What's that? Did you ever get the signs out? No, no, I didn't quite have the stones to do that. But <laughs> <laughs> that's a good story. What do you switch after that? Become a Detroit fan? No, I'm kind of a fair weather fan, even though my roots are still in Colorado. So I. I like the Hawks. I like Colorado. Yeah. Um, you like to see Detroit do well, but they're just not putting it together this year. Yeah, so. fair enough. A bit of a rebuild year. Yeah. So, I mean, Patrick Watt, then did he kind of help you or, you know, help your decision to be a goalie? Yeah, I um, I really, like, was really big into, first of all, Colorado and Patrick Watt. But um, growing up, uh, reading a lot of books about, like, goaltenders and stuff from, like, Terry Sawchuk, all the way to Patrick Waugh, mm. and all those guys. It's just, like, seeing the different personalities that they have. And yeah. and you kind of see, like, um, a real uh, common, uh, I guess, trait that a lot of them have is that competitive nature. Right. So you yeah. see, like, a guy like Terry Sawchuk, for instance, like, a lot of people in our generation probably don't really know who he is, but he was a, a guy that had uh, kind of, like, that fuck you attitude <laughs> yeah. that just, like... Like, I don't know. And right I, I did his thing, yeah. got it done. Yeah, exactly. So I, I love that. So I've always, I've always carried that, uh, personality trait in on and off the ice for me. I kind of like put up with no shit kind of stuff. And, uh, Absolutely. and then, uh, Dominic Hossa came around to the wings when I was kind of growing around. So I kind of like, yeah, I kind of <laughs> like to flop around a little in the net sometimes. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, share the love. Times of panic. Yeah. That's cool. So, I mean, you grew up in, uh, so you, I saw you play for Honey Baked Detroit. Yeah. So, 94, Brandon Kearney, do you know that name? Uh, Kearney came after me. Okay. Yeah, yeah. so I uh, I actually played with Honey Baked with a lot of guys that played NCAA. So, a guy named Nick Schilke, he was uh, the captain at Ohio State. Nice. Um, Sheldon Drys was the captain at uh, Western Michigan. And then a couple of other guys ended up going to play Michigan State. But it's a weird, it's a weird route from being in the States playing minor hockey and then having that decision to make whether you're going to do NCAA or major junior. Well, that's where I was kind of going with that yeah. next. Cause even Kearney from Honeybake, like he's now playing Ohio state as yeah. well, you know? So for you, like why, why uh, NCAA, why? Yeah. OHL? So it's, um, it's quite the process. And um, I guess growing up every, everyone's so hyped up about like wanting to make it to the NHL and want to, want to oh. play pro and do everything that you can to make it happen. Absolutely. And so everyone's trying to, really make a simple concept of a hockey game into a big deal on, on which way is the best way to go. And it's it, it really comes down to you take a big big step back and look look at the big picture of everything. Like just comes down to if you want it or not. But 
at that time, everyone's saying, like, you know, Major Junior is the pro style of hockey. Like, that's what you want to do. You want to fast track. Yeah, you want to play as many games as you can and all these kinds of things and get there faster. Which, for some people, it's uh, it's kind of kind of the right mindset, I guess. But I guess um, other people, everyone's different in their own way. Yeah. But um, when it comes to the OHL draft, is um, you're, you're playing midget minor or midget major in the States. And um, you have to kind of almost pre-commit to going to the OHL if they're going to take you in a high pick. So it's kind of like a phone call and like, hey, we're interested in you in the draft. Mm-hmm. This is somewhere that you're going to be interested in going. Yeah. And um, at that time, a lot of players have what they call, if you're still NCAA eligible, they call them family advisors. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah which, absolutely. Which is an agent. Help by, you do that clearinghouse. Exactly. And conversation. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So basically with those conversations with your agents or family advisors, they'll set you up with school visits with like Boston College or totally. Ohio State, all those ones. And um, you make a decision on what you want to do. So what kind of ended up happening for me is I actually had a verbal to Ohio State when I was 15. Wow, okay. Which was which was really great, I guess, yeah. uh, to go kind of check all of that out. It was yeah. a really good opportunity it's to kind of... Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, so we kind of... year follows. Yep, that following year. I actually skipped midget minor. I, I played midget major for whatever reason. I thought that would be better <laughs> for me to play bigger, faster, stronger guys. Um, and so it just put me out of my comfort zone a little bit. And um, you kind of got to use that leverage that you had of that verbal commitment going into the draft. Totally. So, like, if you're, um, and it's kind of, you don't really see that, like, publicized very much, but a lot of guys do that. You look at how guys like the London Knights and some of those teams bring in some high-end guys all the time. Well, it's not just by by random, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Well, you know, it's got to be a little incentivized to leave that commitment, right? Yeah, so. You get to pick and choose and kind of. So I mean, I saw you went to Sarnia yeah. right away. Yeah. So for you, how, how does that how does that connection get made? They make the phone call around yeah. draft time and yeah. So for me, like what we would do is is during that process for me is uh, my agent, my family, we had uh, kind of sit down and we actually ended up looking at a bunch of depth charts throughout the OHL and where the best opportunity would be. Totally. Where I would be okay. able to play. So that was our number one goal is to get as much experience as I could going into my draft year, okay. which for me, my rookie year, I played. 29 30 games as a as a 16 year old in the OHL which was which, which was nice it's phenomenal, yeah. but we got lit up man like we got lit I um I was rookies with uh, Galchenyuk and Yakupov that I year saw that. I was yeah. gonna ask you about that yeah what was that like yeah it was it was hilarious yeah. man it was hilarious so some, some of those funny stories like um Yakupov is is a very intense guy and this really? is his first year coming from Russia so very very oh, little wow. English and yeah, Galchenyuk yeah, was—he's technically American, but he's Russian. Yeah. Okay. So, so he the year before before his draft year played for the Chicago Young Americans. Yes, which, I saw. Yeah, I saw that. Yep. Yeah, so he actually played in uh, the MWEHL, which was the Midwestern Elite Hockey League. That's where Honey Baked, Lil Caesars, Compuware, yeah. all those teams around Chicago and the Detroit area played. And um, so Galchenyuk and going first overall in the OHL draft to start. Yeah. And then uh, Yakupov ended up coming the second overall import pick. So we had two high-end guys coming in, guys that were really like NHL draft eligible guys in two years. So we had all the hype around Sarnia. It seemed like the perfect fit. But watching Yakupov, how intense he was, like in practice, like everything had to be so specific. So if his sticks out on the <laughs> sticking out of his stall before the game, and someone would walk by and step over it. He would full on yell in Russian, yo, 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 yo. No way. Come and make him step back over his stick. Wow. <laughs> it's crazy. It's so superstitious, but it was hilarious. And I remember um, another pregame skate, he had um, some some guy like mess with him in practice before. Like he was like, made him like pick up pucks and 
He, he didn't like that. Getting so told what to do. Yeah. So so the guy's name was Anthony Donati. He was a, a 91, and uh, he ended up leaving uh, the morning skate as soon as he left. Yaki went to his stall, grabbed his skates, and started smashing it on the metal, <laughs> the oh metal of that hold the skates <laughs> up. So so that didn't really put a uh, that didn't really make a problem for Donati, but more our equipment manager. Yeah, just <laughs> but, like rolling through blades. Here. Oh man, it was, it was it was hilarious. So, so did he tame down over the time? Because didn't he, he end up wearing a letter in there? Uh, he he actually not in Sarnia. I don't think he wore a letter, but Galchenyuk ended up wearing the C. Right. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that was actually after I got traded on sound, but. Um, yeah, he ended up taming down. It was a big adjustment for him because he's always been the, the high the high end guy. Even in the RHL, put up 100 points or whatever. Jesus, yeah. So he was always a good player, but um, it's you know it's it's a big adjustment. You watch him go into Edmonton his his first year, he had his struggles a little bit, and now he's kind of like finding himself. He was in Colorado. Yeah. Everything like that. So. I think where is he now? Back over in the KHL. I think so. He just recently signed there. Yeah. I, I don't. I have no idea. Okay, <laughs> I've lost in this hockey conversation. <laughs> yeah, so. Okay, so you're through the process, and then you get any NHL invitations? Yeah. Blackhawks. Yeah. So, like, I guess the going into it, like, where does the road come with St. FX? Like, when mm-hmm. does it make yeah. the, you make the decision that ju- you know Major Junior's done? Yeah. Now, what's the next best option for yeah. Brandon? Yep. So, I guess for me, so my first um, NHL, I guess, look was. Um, was going into my 19-year-old year. I actually was invited to New Jersey's camp. So I actually went there to their development camp and um, did all right. And, yeah. you know, that was my first first experience at the pro level. First taste. Yeah, so that was good. And then I went back into my overage year, and I knew I had some uh, some people to prove wrong. And uh, so I, I started off in Owen Sound, had a really good start, but we had three goalies. Another Ooh. guy was a maritime guy who's from Halifax. His name's Jack Flynn. Six foot seven. The guy's a monster. <laughs> just a wall. Yeah, the guy is a, the guy is a monster. And you know what? He hated hockey at the time. He just loved gaming, like loved playing World of Warcraft, no those way. kinds of things. Playing <laughs> hockey two games. Yeah, no, but it was good. But it was awesome watching him come in and then to where he had no pressure on him at all. And then over the next couple years, he became unbelievable. And by so he came in my nineteen year old year. Okay. And then my twenty year old year, um, it was me, him, and then a guy named Michael McNiven, who is. Um, uh, free agent signed to Montreal Canadiens and he's he's doing really well now but anyway so um, I ended up getting traded to Niagara my overage year and um, then it left Flinner and um, McNiven at, uh, at Owen Sound there to finish off the year and you're saying that went that was with the Hosang trade right? yep yep so I, I went over to Niagara and that was right um, Anthony DeFruchu who's at CNFX right now he sure, was yeah. uh, he was at uh, Niagara He's from there. But um, yeah, so I ended up going over to Niagara. Hosang ended up going over there, and we ended up making a good run there. Um, so following that year, I got a couple of invites, and I had to choose between a couple of teams, and I ended up going to Chicago and r- ride it out. And in my own mind at that time, like I didn't want to go to school. Right. Like I, so I at want... the time, it was to find somewhere to play. Yeah, at the time, it was just hockey. It was all that really was important to me at the time was just was just hockey. So um, it was it was on my trip to... Punta Cana. It was me and a couple other guys from my overage uh, year in, in Niagara. Yeah. We were going to Punta Cana, so I was driving to Toronto from Michigan. Okay. And I had a three-hour phone call with Holden Cook, and uh, he was actually already just went on his recruiting trips and everything to to come out to school here. Okay. And he was actually the one who talked me into uh, at least considering school. And he was a teammate of yours at Owen Sound, yeah. right? Yeah. I I I uh, played with Cookie for two and a half years in Owen Sound, so wow. I knew him before coming here and. Yeah, so it was pretty pretty interesting, and uh, he kind of knocked some sense into me and really opened up a, a whole thought process. That How I did you do that? What were you missing in that thought process? Well, for me, like, 
everything around the OHL and that pro level is kind of just focused towards playing professional hockey, whatever yeah. it takes. Yeah. And at that time, everyone, like, you, you think, like, from those three years that you're out of high school that you're not really doing school, you're like, shit, like, I can't go back into school. Yeah, that I, was my big fear, too. Yeah, uh, like, getting back into the books, getting, like, kind of, I guess, taking across that, that normal lifestyle. You just don't really picture yourself doing that after all you've been doing is investing so much time in yourself yeah. to be a hockey player. And it's like starting from scratch. Yeah, and and you know what? And if you could have gone to the NCAA and played at University of Michigan, I guarantee you half the people would go do that. Yeah. But the the um, the level that hockey that is perceived of the AUS or of uh, I guess U sports in general wasn't as high as what it's it's getting to now. Oh, absolutely. There's so many great players coming out this way yeah. to play. You know, the, the Maritimes oh, really? for, like, CIS hockey is... Is that a recent opinion? I'd say it's a very recent... Yeah, it's... um The thing is, it, it's kind of biased almost to, to the extent that the AUS does have a higher budget to, to mm-hmm. offer their, yeah, exactly. their athletes. Yeah. Oh, so, in terms okay. of, like, major junior guys, that's why you see a lot of captains, a lot of the higher-end guys come either out east or out west. The OUA doesn't have that budget to offer uh, in terms of scholarships and stuff like that. So, a lot of guys, for financial reasons, reasons will come out east to play okay interesting yeah do you think that's because of, there's like a like less of a market out this way there's 100%. less schools so ontario well, isn't really concerned with supply there's ton of hockey players looking to play mm-hmm. cis so does st effects in the maritimes do they do a good job at trying to find these high level players they do an unbelievable job of recruiting so st effects unb all the high-end schools uh, st mary's all the coaches are on the phone from this December or October of your overage hockey year, they're in your ears because they're looking mm-hmm. for commitments. They're looking to lock down positions so they can really enjoy their summer too. So as these coaches are coaching throughout the year, they also are keeping a keen eye on all the players that are upcoming overagers. Or, or you look at St. Effects, for instance, guys like from uh, last year, like Daniel Robertson and Adam Laystrom that didn't even play an overage year. They won, they won a Mem Cup with Windsor and they're like, well, why would I go to school? Why would I go back for another year, junior? Throw up 100-plus points. and then Yeah, and then just end up going to school anyways when I can yeah. just go do that. So, like, that's kind of – it's kind of cool. They did uh, – they were a first-comer to kind of – to really do that and on their own terms, for instance. Like, they were wanted to come back to play a junior. But there's well, – yeah, like, there, there are a lot of guys that don't get offered an overage spot and go play. But it was kind of interesting to see them make that step and, and if that could even happen down the road a little bit more, even a little sooner for guys that realize, you know what, like, I'm not going to play in the NHL. I could still play a high level of hockey and get an education paid for. Like, Absolutely. And not? at the end of the day, is that not what you what you want? Like, exactly. I mean, well, you don't want to be 25, 28 years old, mm-hmm. or even, sorry, later, 28, mm-hmm. in your 30s, no education, you've played hockey your whole life, and th- I mean, like you said, the reality is you're not, not everyone can make it. Yeah, it's it's, it's hilarious thinking about, that's not really hilarious, but it, like looking back at it now, like some of the guys that we played junior with that had those NHL deals, that are now at this at like now in this present day are, are on a contract year where they're they're shitting their pants. They're like, well, am I gonna be am I gonna be hopping around the coast? Am I gonna be in the SP? Mm-hmm. Yeah, am, am I gonna get a shot at the A? Like these kinds of things. Well, that's a tough lifestyle to live for these guys. For uh, <clears throat> after you've been doing it for ten years already, yeah, and you see your buddies getting married with degrees, starting their own businesses, absolutely, and you know like factoring all that those kinds of things in, and you put an injury in there that you can't have any control over. Like that's. Oh, those are things that you really just got to kind of like weigh a little bit on what's important to you. So yeah, are they stuck in that like dream of making the NHL? Would you say? You know what? I think there are guys that do that, yeah. and you know what? And they love that. So everyone yeah, has everyone has yeah. their own view on it. But there are also a good chunk of guys that are 
stuck there that really wish like well, sitting I think, with I think it's exactly what Brandon said earlier too. Yeah. It's all you've known. Yeah. yeah. You know, you're playing that OHL. It's like you wake up in the morning, that, you have yeah. morning skate, you got mm-hmm. training. It's almost like a rock star mentality. Like yeah. it's, it's um and you get it at such a young age. Yeah. Like yeah. you're sixteen years old, you know, you're you're traveling all across the province or the country if you're in the States. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean school is not a priority really. Your whole life is hockey. Yeah, that's all you. Think. Well, and then you factor in playing like the thrill of actually playing in front of ten thousand fans at, no at Budweiser Gardens <laughs> yeah. in, in London, Ontario, a couple Absolutely. times a month. You yeah. know, so like, like that's a thrill that you can't really replicate at, at school. And, and when it's it takes a really mature mind to be able to understand if that's something you're going to be doing the rest of your life. <clears throat> more power to you, you can do that. But it yeah. takes a really strong mind to be able to to really make that decision and go focus on your future, invest in yourself and other ways which happens to every single person in, yeah. in one way or the other it's kind of being so, honest with yourself yeah, right? yeah. exactly hmm. that's interesting that is really interesting i've heard a lot of that yeah People okay just stuck in that lifestyle so i mean i mean fast forward yeah. again a little bit we get to st fx you know we're playing hockey at st fx and then uh, make a couple trips to the national championship yeah. talk about that like i mean yeah like you guys come in first year you build a great great core squad and do it a couple years in a row like, i mean yeah, yeah. That's what's uh, really cool about this league is um, that rookies and first years can make an influence, and they do make an in- a wow. big, big impact. Especially yeah. when you're coming in at what twenty one years twenty one years right? old. Yeah. So it's not like you're sixteen and junior where when you know you're not even grown into your own body yet. Mm-hmm. Like this is these are men playing against men, yeah. and um, and you know it's a mental game. So we we came in like there was. And my recruiting class, um, not that I really had much of an impact, but <laughs> but uh, guys like Holden Cook, Nathan Pancel, uh, Michael Clark, Aaron Hoyles, Cody Hensby, like um, myself, we just kind of came in with a with an attitude. We called it coming in with some jam. Yeah. And um, and we it. and we we kind of brought this, I guess, life. This um, where an energy. Yeah, yeah, a different level of energy that Absolutely. really that really inspired the older guys. That you know, like. We're in their fourth year, kind of feeling like they're getting the scaries a little bit. Like, what are what am I going to be doing? But you guys then brought some spunk into the into the dressing yeah. room. and got some excitement. Some skills, got some spunk. And like you yeah, said, yeah, there's yeah. what seven of you. Yeah, like that's a that's a big incoming class, mm-hmm. is it not? For yeah. CIS team. It is, and it's it's just crazy, like how something like that can make everyone kind of come together. Like we had our ups, we had our downs, but at when when uh, the end of the day came, like we we had it energy level that really was uncomparable to any other team in the league and uh going against like a, a clearly more skilled team at unb than than us and uh we took them down we swept them in the aus finals it was awesome and it was a, it was a damn shame going to the finals and nationals our first year and losing that game to them but yeah. um you know all the game though yeah, yeah, what the hell? Yeah, yeah. We were there, and that yeah. was the one. In, yeah, that was the one in Halifax, and that, that was, was awesome. Uh, it was a packed lot. house. That was the it best was. experience, being able to see a two-hour drive down from school and the the community support, the school support, mm-hmm. the spirit, and everything like that. Like, yeah. it was great. And that's something you, like you get at X, eh? Yeah. Like, there's definitely a an aroma in the building when the X yeah. men are playing. That was a memorable night, like that. It, it, we were just going everyone was going insane yeah and it was a it was a great excuse to just get uh, a little banged up in Halifax too you know, <laughs> yeah, win, or, win or lose yeah. so like what's a night like that like I mean, yeah. you guys definitely went out after oh my gosh yeah so we actually were we ended up staying that night too because I'm pretty sure they booked the room ahead of time so they couldn't get out of it yeah, but absolutely <laughs> but no the boys like you know we, we were obviously debbied at first like we were really devastated about uh, the loss but after you, we, we have this this 15 minute rule where after, I know it's a lot harder said than done, but a lot easier said than done. 
But um, 15 minutes after a game, you know, you think about it, you you, you self-evaluate yourself, and then you and then you just shelf it. Clear mind. That's a good yeah. Yeah. move forward. I like and then that. You, yeah, and then you move forward with it. So um, obviously, at a national level, that's the last game of the year. We had to kind of understand what happened. You know, we had the tears falling a little bit. Oh, yeah, um, of course, understandable. Yeah, the emotions were high, but um, we we also understood that we were losing some of the guys that we would never see again. So we we had a great time. Um, in Halifax that night, um, but I, I don't think anything compares to winning the AUS at uh, the Keating Millennium Center, uh, beating UNB, and then just in the having home barn. in the home barn having the trophy, having the banner, and walking down the hallway past the gym, watching people be still be working oh. out or something. Man, I remember when you guys <laughs> won it. We had an XHL game right after, <laughs> and uh, Pedal came out with the trophy, and we were all drinking from the trophy <laughs> in the hallway. Man, it's uh, <laughs> some of the some of the memories we had from those AUS championships, and just even the next couple of days, like driving around with the trophy and stuff. Yeah. Like, we literally thought we were never gonna die. <laughs> we remember the team. Yeah, so it was that awesome. was a great experience. And that was your first year, right? Yeah, that was my first year. And you guys did it again the next year, right? Yeah, second year was uh, was just as fun, if not more fun. Um, we brought in another great recruiting class, so yep. guys like Cianfroni, Stadnica, Needham, Marshawn. Like, guy's a, a workhorse and just the best guy to be around. So, for being able to be a goalie partner with him was an unbelievable experience for me. Even though I was had a starting position at the beginning of the year yep. and rightfully had it taken from me. <laughs> Came in and worked. Yeah. So, and you know what? And it's not, like, by any means that was by any means personal. It was, and you know, at push comes to shove, we're here for an education. So, you have that on your back mind. Absolutely. And that's where it's a little bit different from the OHL is if you're in the OHL and you're losing a spot like that, you're like, oh, fuck. Like, you kind of know why you're here. Yeah. You're like, I want to trade. I need to go somewhere. I'm getting screwed over. And I feel like, too, like you're the type of guy, even just from talking to you tonight, you seem like the type of guy that when a decision like that gets made, it kind of seems like, you know, this is what the team wants exactly. to do. You team know? first mentality. Yeah. And it seems like you're totally the kind of guy that's not going to take that to heart. Yeah. You're still going to be you know, just as energetic in the dressing room exactly. as, you know, as you were the starter. Yeah, and you know what, I was, it was funny, I was sitting uh, the other night up in the stands watching the boys play, uh, I think it was against, um, was it Moncton? I can't remember who they were playing. Was but, it home the other night? Yeah. Acadia, was it? Oh yeah, Acadia, Acadia. Sure, yeah. And I'm sitting here listening, you can hear everything in that rink, and I'm like, I'm like, oh my goodness, like, I sat on this bench and chirped every single guy as loud as I could. <laughs> and I could only I could only imagine what people were thinking, like what they could hear coming out of my mouth. Like, like that but, was the aroma of it. Yeah, that was so, part of it. Yeah, that's that's a, awesome. yeah, that was a bit of a jam that I guess I brought to the table, but um uh, I know the boys. The boys enjoyed being around that that atmosphere. So it's just I, that was my way of contributing when I was in the net. So yeah, yeah I took 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 full advantage of that. I kind of want to talk about that. Is that something you've always done? You've always tried to be team first. Is yeah. That, like, where does that come from? Um, I don't. I, to me, a difficult it, question. Yeah, no, yeah. It, it is. It is a deep question, and in the sense, to me, that always comes from my the way I was up broad is is having more of a humble a humble heart. Okay. And yeah. and to me, like people that don't really know me they'll look at me i'm a loud probably they probably think i'm arrogant person mm. like love talking yeah, to not, people you're not afraid to speak up in class like this year yeah. had a couple classes again yeah <laughs> so so like I, I i love to talk i love sometimes that's a little too much and that's yeah. what i've been working on is a little bit of listening but mm. um to me like I've always had kind of that humble heart for the most yeah. part. I'm still, of I'm course. Just, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, it's perfect. So, yeah. but like to me, like I, I enjoy more than, more than anything is the camaraderie around the team. And that's okay, the, yeah, yeah. and, and 
the more you can kind of incorporate that in the workplace or being a part of a bigger or, picture. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah, yeah, or anything else really in, in classroom. Like it makes doing whatever you're doing that much more enjoyable, that much more motivating for you and everyone else. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So, and, and being able to have that influence and it's, it's contagious guys start oh, grabbing, yeah. grabbing onto that. As long as you're rooted in what you know makes you who you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. So it's a health mentality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. That's cool. So, I mean, you're at the game the other night, like, what's it like now yeah. on the other side of things? Yeah, like, it's... Because I know, I feel like a lot of guys have that fear, like we talked about, mm-hmm. taking that step in the other direction of, I'm going to now focus on a career, I want to focus on me, where mm-hmm. I want to go in the future, right? So, I mean... Yeah. So, the, the, the biggest thing for me was um, more thinking about how hard it would be than actually being there and have it be that, like, it's not it's great you're watching your boys play any no different from if i'm a backup goalie that night except i don't have to put all my stinky shit on right and i can have a beer in the stands yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um or three <laughs> no but um to me like like actually experiencing that now has been an awesome experience for me knowing that coming into this year i was really paying this picture in my head that it was going to be a lot more difficult and harder than it was Okay. And to, as weird as this is, is I thought to myself that I had to make it difficult because if I didn't, people would think I didn't care. If mm-hmm. that makes sense. I know totally. like the yeah. persona of, oh, you're not playing on the team anymore. Yeah. So if, if I'm happy, people will think, well, he doesn't care. He shouldn't have been there anyway. But yeah. at the end of the day, those people don't really understand oh, what the exactly. reason is. Exactly. And, I mean. and people probably aren't even thinking that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you so, think, yeah. Exactly. But yeah. like, it's funny. Like we think these things as, as human beings, like we think about those things sometimes that are really irrelevant. And, um, but to me, like I've, to me, like from day one, I've, I've been, the boys have been so supportive of me, have included me off the ice as much as they could. And that's been an unbelievable support factor for me. And that's allowed me to really focus on other things that I wanted to be doing with my life, as well as still being that supportive guy. I, I go out and party with the boys. I do yeah. like, all those things with them. You guys are still friends all yeah. the way. It's like you it's, guys are a family. It doesn't it, just change exactly, over the summer because exactly. you strap up the laces. Right? Exactly. Yeah, that camaraderie doesn't just disappear for sure. Yeah, and yeah. so that, that aspect has been no different for me, other than the fact that I've tried to tame down a little bit of my shenanigans for my first couple of years. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, so that's the, that's all about the process. I'm trying to make it to all the classes this yeah. year. Right? So, yeah, so I... Um, I love actually. I look. I have written down on my calendar of the boys' games, the, all the home games That's written awesome. down. And now I'm a super fan of the girls' team too. I got a girlfriend. Nice. Uh, she's on the girls' yep. team. They're doing well. Yeah. So it's almost like I got a little role on that team yeah. too. Right? <laughs> That's awesome. number one fan yeah. of the uh, hockey so, team. The true leader. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's great. So, so what are you focusing on now? Um, I'm focusing on my future. I like it. I'm focusing yeah. on. Um, investing in myself for what can set me up for my 30s mm-hmm. and understanding that there's a lot of sacrifice that oh god yeah that um that is necessary to to really set yourself up for where you want to be but also knowing that it's not all about work 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 you got to make time for yourself you got to make time for the people you care about you gotta be happy exactly yeah. so and and I'm starting to like realize more and more as I'm I'm kind of really paying attention to myself and how I react to situations but but knowing that situations happen, but it's a mindset that you have towards whether it be going to class or going to work or doing anything else that you're blessed to be able to have an opportunity to do those things. Yeah. And and yeah. and if you kind of look at a lot of situations with that optimistic mindset, I guess it to me helps me out tremendously in the fact of 
of uh, which which changes your mood, which changes the way you interact with people. I was so. gonna say, do you think that you not pursuing hockey has now like almost taken a weight off your shoulder? Like, I mean, there's such a energy to make the pros, like you were saying, go yeah. play pro, and now it's almost like you have the opportunity to quite literally start all over again and yeah. go in any path you'd like. Yeah, well, to an extent, 100%, yes. Um, it, it has been a very, first of all, for a time constraint for practicing every day, that's taken a big, big load off. But secondly, the the stress that you put on yourself, or not, you, you look at, like, now you're at a school level, most of the guys know that they're not going to play pro very long. Right. And if they do, they'll be bouncing around. It won't get be a very, taste of it. Yeah, yeah, you know, they'll, they'll get a taste of it. But um, most of the guys kind of really realize that uh, they're here to really invest in themselves, what they're going to do. And that's a hard pill to swallow. Oh. And um, But being able to kind of, for me, do that at a sooner age while I still have um, influence on what I'm going to be doing at, at such a great opportunity like being at university, yeah. um, I found that as an unbelievable opportunity. So, uh, like, in a sense of, I guess, answering to a coach or answering to a captain or, like, like abiding by certain stress stressors or rules or guidelines or anything like that, those are gone. Like, and that's what I was kind of saying. Like, I yeah. mean, you, you can quite literally, you're... Do whatever. Yeah, you're walking the beat of your own drum now. Exactly. Yeah. Sky's the limit. And um, it's really, it's really, really interesting, though. Like, knowing that, like, at first, you're, you're sitting there a little with your thumb up your ass. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you're like, well, what, like, what am I supposed to be doing? I'm, I'm at practice right now. So, like, the first month in August or September, I was just like, well, shit. Like, all right, well, I'll go do something, you know? So, as, as you kind of get bored of, like, doing other things, you start to realize, you know what, like, this is time where I can just relax. Yeah. Like, I, I don't have to be doing something that they're doing. I'm not playing hockey anymore. I've taken up XHL, which is unbelievable. I can't wait to play you schmucks. Yeah, one more <laughs> week. Next week, week. Yeah. yeah, next week. That's going to be so, that's oh, gonna yeah. be a, that's going to be a good matchup. Uh, if you guys want to come out to the Keating Center, check that out. Sunday 10, night. 10.30 at night. Not, not like you have anything better to do, but. Yeah. <laughs> next Sunday, right? All right. Yeah. Oh, this upcoming Sunday. Yeah. So has anything else kind of picked up your interest since you've been out of hockey? Like, oh. I mean, we obviously play Sunday nights, but like yeah. some people get like a yeah. golf or guitar. Or yeah. Whatever. So I have actually began begun to have um, this summer. It was actually my best golf summer. Oh, I've wow, actually nice. was. I have a golfer. Um, I I worked at a golf course growing up. I've royally sucked. Like royally have sucked <laughs> and zero consistency going on. But this summer, I actually started to feel a lot better about it, and okay. I thought in my head like. Golf's gonna be my thing. I know well, I'm not great right now, but like I'm gonna be working at it. Season's coming. Exactly. Season's coming. Can't so, go wrong with golf. Yeah, I have um, I have a guitar. Okay. Um, so I I self-taught myself inconsistently over the last couple of years. Handful so, of but I, I signed up for a guitar class next semester at, at nice. night. So nice. I thought if I'm leaving university with a little bit of a degree and uh, how to play the guitar. Why not? Winning, winner, winner, chicken dinner, baby. Is that through the <laughs> school that you get guitar yeah. lessons? Really? Through the music program, Thursday nights. I think it's still open if anyone else is interested. I'm That'd sure. So game. I'm sure. I'm sure we'll have a time. Down. So. Dope. Yeah. In uh, regards to you were saying like all this stuff about improving, improving yourself. That's mm -hmm. one of the things you're looking at. Mm -hmm. Like that was kind of mindfulness that you're talking about there. Like in a sense, yeah. So where, where do you get these? Like, is this coming from somewhere? Do, are you reading? Um, people yeah. Or? That's actually really, really. Funny you said that too. Um, this summer was the first summer I really took up reading. Mm -hmm. I hated reading oh, before. I've been trying to get myself. Into I can kind of tell. Yeah. yeah I I hated 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 reading, and just because I would say I hated reading <laughs> to yeah. myself, which is true. Like it's it's, it's it's a 
it's just like working out, just like anything else that you're not doing. Fun. No, it's no. it's a strenuous activity that you have to force yourself to do. And if you actually enjoy doing it, then if you enjoy doing it. You get you get you get hooked just like, like anything yeah, else. One hundred percent. Yeah. <clears throat> so I mean, so, how, what got you into reading? Like, so, I mean, what yeah. was, was there a book you finally picked up? Or? Yeah. So this um, this summer was uh, my first summer actually staying out east. My first summer never going back home to Michigan. Oh. So I stayed actually in Anaganish here. And um, I had a job. It was uh, it was a sales rep for Authentic Seacoast, which was uh, a craft brewery, and they do spirits locally and all those kinds of things. So I learned how to drive stick shift. Had this little company car. <laughs> <laughs> was ripping around, stalled out in the intersection a few times. <laughs> but um, so yeah, so I, I really had a lot of time to myself, which I've never really have done before. So and did you live by yourself? Yeah, I lived oh, by myself awesome. with a okay. big house. Uh, Normally there's six people in there, so <laughs> my girlfriend was in town, so she was back and forth from back home and stuff, but she was working, so like we saw each other sometimes. Yeah, cool. But um, other than that, like I was kind of doing my thing. What do you need? You know, so it was um, a really good opportunity for me. A um, couple of books I read. The the best one I read was uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. That's from, a classic. Yeah. yeah oh, from, really? Uh, Stephen Covey. Mm-hmm. Have you and, read that one? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's uh, like to me like that was a that was a great book. From, also though like. Um, I know everyone's like it's a real topic right now. It's talk, people talk about spirituality and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna touch too much onto that right now, but I was raised as a Christian, so mm-hmm. to me, like I, I started watching more sermons. I started reading devotions daily in the Bible, and with a more open mind to me, though, like yeah. I, I don't, um, I tried not to have too much judgment attached judgment to much of anything, and to me, that's really allowed me to kind of just like face any situation with an open mind more patient mind and, and, and to me like that's been great with my relation so yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's an interesting practice there's so many good mes- messages that are in there right yeah. all those sermons and, and yeah, yeah and to me um it just comes down to, to what you value and your, your core principles mm, your philosophy yeah and 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 what it, whatever you do is if it's in rhythm with whatever you truly believe in and, and that's mm. that basically means integrity yeah i like that so is that from seven habits um, some of that is something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a good book. Yeah, kind of summarizes a lot of really good ideas. Yeah. I've had a tough book. time trying to get into reading. It's hard. I pick up a book and then it's like I'm like four pages in. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to keep doing this. No, it, like, it 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 really is. And to me, like I you, it's hard to do when you have so much going on, especially during the school year when you're reading oh, yeah. enough or whatever the heck you're doing as it yeah. is. But if you kind of understand that. To me, like, you look at stats, like, CEOs, like, they read, like, this many books a day, or they do blah, 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 blah. Like, that's all a competition-based level. That's not saying you have to do that to achieve something. Yeah, um, but to me, if you take an aspect of that, if you're investing in yourself a little bit, because when you're reading, you're, you're feeding your mind. You're, whatever, whatever you're feeding your mind, and it says it in the Bible, like, renew your mind and these kinds of things. And if you look at what that really means... That whatever you're constantly uh, feeding your mind, whether it be reading or watching TV or doing anything, is that's what you're gonna you're gonna reap what you sow. Oh, absolutely. Eventually, so yeah. to me, like that's just kind of the mindset I've had, and it doesn't have to be all the time, but it just is mm-hmm. that that little paying attention to what you're actually doing for yourself. Yeah. So. Yeah, I've, I've heard I've heard the idea that like watching like Netflix is like junk food, and then you can also mm. feed yourself like your vegetables and mm. read some books every now and then yeah. and that's kind of i like that idea yeah. i always find a tough time just finding <clears throat> a good book like i mean that is hard like so yeah, where, when you're your interest 
Seven Habits. Like you mm-hmm. couldn't have just one day woke up and said, I'm going to read Seven Habits. No, like, so how, do you, how do you pick that book up? How do you find it? Like what are some resources that you yeah. use to find so some stuff? It's it's interesting. I found the Seven Habits through my buddy. His name's Joe Blandizi. So he plays for the Anaheim Ducks right now. Oh, cool. And um, he's been up and down with San Diego, which is the AHL team that goes, so and, um, and Anaheim. And he's actually now up with Anaheim. But – He's really big on social media. If you guys want to follow him up, but he's he's a, he's hilarious. But he's been he's been, uh, he's been uh he's been uh really really big into posting. I guess what he's been doing, and he he used to be really big into into partying and all these kinds of that things and like style. that kind of yeah. lifestyle, which is really popular among um, a high uh, spotlight player or yeah. or person or any I guess a celebrity if you look sure. at it. yeah. Um, and to him, like. If, if you really lose sight of being grounded and keeping that humble heart, you you will get knocked flat on your face. You won't you won't reach your potential. You won't yeah. you won't do those kinds of things. So he's made a conscious decision to. He went to Florida, cut everything out, and he started doing all of his like yoga and, and uh, cool. doing all these kinds of reading things. And he he was the one who told me actually about that book, mm-hmm. and it was pretty cool. Like it was a great book. Um, so would you say like you have like you say you talk to guys like this about. Um, you know, focusing on yourself. Would you say like you have other people that you talk to, like mentors or um, those guys that you'd say like are mentors? Like you know, I, I I I truly believe that any person that you really come across, and we look at a social media platform that we're on now, when we start to kind of understand that people post their highlight reels and everything on social media, that that's okay when you kind of understand that in a non-judgmental way. But you look at people, everyone on the, if you really play, pay close attention, everyone's going through something, whether oh, that yeah. be some sort of growth, some sort of struggle, some sort of, uh, I guess, um, just like uh, a period in their life. Right? Yeah. Something great. So yeah. it, could be, it doesn't have to be bad. It could be great. Yeah. But just to kind of understand okay. how different, what works for different people and, um, having that openness to like look into something. So for me, like I never really wanted to read and I saw Joe talk about the, the seven habits. So I was like, looked into it and I'm like. I opened it and I looked at some of these words. I'm like, hell no. So <laughs> I started walking around the bookstore. This was in Antigonish. And I was like, ah, maybe I'll go back to it. I went and talked to the lady at the bookstore. And she's like, I actually read this book. And it was unbelievable. I highly recommend it. And I was like, hmm, she can read it. Why the heck can I read it? Fair enough. Yeah. And so so that's what I did. And um, to me now, like I'm, I'm looking at... Um, couple other books my mom asked what i wanted for christmas and i asked for books man like, i'm like wow. how times have changed are you kidding me right now so um i don't know indigo card yeah <laughs> so it's just um i i really think that there's so many resources available to us we just can't overwhelm ourselves with thinking one person or one way is right oh and, yeah and we're also uniquely made that like certain things work for us but to me it comes down to having ultimately having a humble heart and an open mind yeah so just take perspective, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, that is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I mean, it's actually a funny thing I wanted to bring up. So you talked about like this summer you worked for a craft brewery. Yeah. You've also worked with Jack Daniels. Yeah. You also work at the pub. Yeah. Is it fair to say that that's kind of the industry that we're working with here? Um, <laughs> kind of. It's funny because like <laughs> to me, like that's the most interesting, um, I guess, aspect to me. That's the most entertaining. You know, like. Um, de- like dealing with people around, uh, uh, I guess spirits and beer and stuff like that. It's fun, especially at university. It's just fun. I'm clear, like, not clearly. It looks like I'm gonna be doing that the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's but, like in this town, especially, it's so funny. Even amongst like the younger guys that are here, yeah. you say like, 
Oh yeah, Hoper. We, yeah, he was working behind the bar tonight. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's just kind of like it's just like a face you would see when yeah. you're going out. So that's friendly face at the bar. Exactly, and that's what's hilarious is um, I would never would have thought that I'd be working at the pub. I really didn't. And uh, is this a recent thing? Yeah, this I started like, working there in August, right, at the end okay. of August. So I um, I uh, bartended there, and now that I wasn't I wasn't playing, I thought that I might as well make some extra money. I'm gonna need to make some extra money, mm-hmm. so why not bartend? Great, it's been great for me. Um, but I guess like being around that lifestyle is hilarious. And like, like I said, you can have a mindset of like, fuck, like I should be playing hockey or I should be doing this, right. but and now I'm working at the pub, but no, you could be like, oh, I could see all the boys. Like I get to do whatever, like have yeah. a great time and uh, make anyone, some money. Yeah. See everyone you want to see. Exactly. So that's it, been, that's been great for me, but, um, I'm not going to be doing that the rest of my life. No, um, I, um, I'm hoping to be doing something with accounting for a little bit and then go off maybe something on my own for business or uh, we'll see. I'm not a fortune teller, but yeah. So, I mean, if you were just, you already signed a deal for accounting, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. So I mean, talk, like for the people listening, the process with the whole big four accounting, mm-hmm. it's a bit of a process. Mm-hmm. Right? So, I mean, you, you want to touch on that? Yeah. Like kind of how, how yeah. it was for you, your experience kind of going through that. Yeah. And this is where kind of like a blessing in disguise comes because if you're an accounting student, they do all their hiring for at least for the big four. They do it in August, September, maybe October. Mm-hmm. And if I were to have hockey and went during this whole hiring process, I would have had way less time to prepare for these interviews, to go to these socials, to do these things that really give you a leg up on mm-hmm. other um, candidates for, for hiring positions. So I was blessed enough to have uh, the opportunity to get a job offer from Price Waterhouse Coopers, who's PWC, place, and yeah. uh, it's one of the big four in uh, Halifax next, starting next September, and uh, yeah, so they're going to be paying for my CPA, and um, so that's yeah, so that's like the next step for me. But in terms of the whole process that we went through, is um, these 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 firms come to the university or they host um, socials or anything like that at a certain city where their office is, and it's all about networking. It's all about being yeah. somebody that they would like to work with. And being able to present yourself with a good work ethic and with similar goals aligned with what goes within rhythm of their company. And um, what I kind of learned from that whole process is each firm is a little bit different in their own way. So before going into those um, face-to-face meetings, having a background knowledge of kind of like what's what's going on in terms of, for instance, PwC is really big into innovation and technology. And um, so they've been trying to shift a lot of their focus towards that. And you look at their mission statements, it's like solving important problems right. while like, uh, like helping the people around your community. So like knowing those different things kind of like makes them smile, makes them think like, wow, this person wants to be here. You put the time, you put the effort, exactly. this is where he wants to be. Exactly. So um, in terms of the, the techie part of it, like they had a, a logical test, um, a numeric test and uh, something else like online, like no other freaking company does that. Well, <laughs> yeah. that discourages a lot of people away from the whole situation. And they said that's intentional. They let, they, they want to see who wants to be there. And I guess working at an accounting firm in general at one of the big four is a grind. Like it is an absolute. Oh, yeah. You got to put the time in the hours, right? It is a grind for the first few years. And you look at a lot of people like, that really either enjoy their time there because they make the most of it or others that just hate their lives. So whether I'm not like, I'm not saying like I'm going to be either or, but I'm going to put my time in and, and have my mindset on that CPA that I want to get. Absolutely. You're going to make the best out of it. There is an end goal. There's yeah. a light in the tunnel mm-hmm. because when you put the time in and those right the tests, like, I mean, you're walking away with something that no one can take from you. Exactly. Right? Those exactly. letters. So yeah, absolutely. So you don't see 
accounting is a long-term career necessarily. It could be. Could be. Um, right. yeah, say right. I get in there and I love it. I, I make True. great yeah. relationships with clients. For instance, PwC, they have uh, one of their big clients is Michelin and their headquarters mm-hmm. out of South Carolina. Yeah. I love being in the States. I'm American. So, you know what? Like Definitely maybe I yeah, maybe yeah. I make a good relationship with um, some of the, the management staff down there and or PwC, maybe I really put a good impression on, and they move, they bump me up to a manager. Yeah, for back. you, like you said, you're mobile. Yeah. You're American. No yeah. problem going back and forth. True. Exactly, and that's the great, great beauty of the accounting world is they have they have it's mandatory. It's the law to have if you're a public company to be audited, mm-hmm. and so therefore those big four companies they're in 150 whatever countries of the world, and when you get that CPA level, you the sky's the limit you can, like, you can do anything and it doesn't have to be with accounting it can be with consulting it can be with assurance like all those different kind of things or say you go off to um one of your clients you make a good relationship with them and you start your cfa with them so yeah um there's so many different kinds of things that can happen so many different routes and another kind of interesting very interesting thing that someone told me um was a lot of these firms hire people not to have them be accountants for them but to give them their CPA designation and oh, then wow. and then have them go start their own business so they could be a potential client. For Absolutely. Interesting. Yeah. So Absolutely. It's, it's it's almost like a little finesse on their own end. So like we 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 kind of like fed you, we yep. brought you yep. up. So now what are you going to give us back? Well, it's kind of like it's that alumni right? scheme. Well, no, I think I think it's kind of like that same <laughs> totally. cultured alumni. Like they, oh, totally. They yeah. want exactly. like, you're part of the family now. Just because you leave doesn't mean you can't go back. Exactly, and and that comes back to what we were talking about earlier with the whole hockey thing, with yeah. uh, with everything else. When you when students graduate, same effects. You get your X ring. Woo! Couple yeah. weeks, baby. Yeah, <laughs> couple <laughs> weeks still X ring. Is it three now? Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Jesus. Coming up. Can you believe that? I can't wait. So I like PWC Christmas party sponsored by Jack Daniels or what? Oh, I, I'm trying to keep that one on the DL for him. I don't want to scare anyone, scare anyone away. But speaking of Jack Daniels, we're having our first Jack Daniels night this Saturday at the pub. Perfect. Uh, the 17th. You guys want to come? You got some JD swag, free cover, free line skip. Uh, we're gonna have some lovely ladies sampling out some, some Jack Daniels for us. Perfect. Cheap drinks. Can't nice. complain. Should we commit? We'll be there. Yeah, we'll be there. We'll um, be there. Hold me to it, boys. Okay. Get you on the list. Yeah, we'll <laughs> be there. Good shit. Um, yeah, so I mean, another thing I, I definitely wanted to get chat about was uh, you actually started a business, right? Mm-hmm. A year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Grow to Give. Yeah. You want to give us a little bit about <clears> that? Like, yeah. I, me- I remember you posting about it and yeah. and then it kind of went ghost for a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Sorry. Grow to Give or G Squared for me last year was... Um, was a big uh, idea that I had in my mind of, of basically helping a bunch of people in a certain community with excess clothing or excess something that we didn't need. So I tried to create a platform where people could, uh, I guess, donate clothing to uh, G Squared, and essentially a portion of this would would be don uh, would be sold at an absolute minimum cost to people in need. Oh, cool! And awesome. then a portion of that profit would then be invested into like some sort of nonprofit organization, and the rest would be link um, up with some type of organization. Yeah. Oh, cool. And so I didn't. I ended up um, getting my hands tied up with a bunch of other things, and and never really pursued it completely. But that's not to say that I couldn't do something like that down the road. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and that was my first real stint at, um, at I guess starting my own kind of business. But you know, like the, any sort of any entrepreneur or anything like that would really understand that that you really get to 
you have to make mistakes to learn in oh, life. God. You have Absolutely. to you have to fail to get better. You have to struggle to emerge. It's all growth. And um, so that's not to say that that really discouraged me by any means, yeah. but that's just to say that I had to focus my time and efforts towards other things, like mm-hmm. like getting a a, a, a job in uh, for next year. Yeah. So say once I get my CPA. I know Curtis is in accounting and it's all about building networks too. So once we all have different aspects that we can offer to other people and that other people can offer to us just Mm -hmm. to kind of elevate our end goal. So that was another big, um, I guess, real uh, concept that we were trying to Well, I like that idea. Oh, it's a great idea. It is a great idea. It's kind of similar to, I don't want to say like Salvation Army, but kind of. But I think what the unique thing is, is just like it's a community based. Yeah. So I mean... The company would partner with maybe a community yeah. type charity. Other, like, yeah, any sort of, I guess, what we were kind of like looking towards was assessing some sort of need within that community. Right. And there, every community has some sort of need. So and is it all within one community? Like community, like someone in a community giving to another person in that community? Yeah. Yeah, okay. But that's or, where or it was not. starting. That's yeah, okay. where it was yeah, starting. Yeah. And then my my <clears throat> mindset, my vision of, of what was kind of going to be happening is is that it would become a, a more e-commerce platform mm-hmm. kind of thing where you could you can distribute what's what's really going on. Yeah. Right. And you know what? Like I didn't quite have capital to really get anything going like that. Yeah, I didn't. Which is always um, the problem for yeah. startup entrepreneurs. Yeah. Right? yeah. So. That's the grind. But yeah, you got to try it, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. And you know what? Like, who's to say like that same idea might come along with something other than clothing or anything else? No, that, and down the road, like to me, like there's. There's these cool little, I guess, like at least in the states, there's these little loopholes about like, um, it's like essentially like, uh, it's called um, an L3C. Okay. So it's it's a it's a mix between a nonprofit and an actual LLC. So so there's actually tax breaks and these kinds of things. I was doing a bunch of research on these kinds okay. of things when I was trying to incorporate that into um, G squared and those kinds of uh, things, but. Um, I got it all written down somewhere, and I'll nice, probably yeah, talk. Yeah. I'll probably tackle that. Um, I would say ten years from now. <laughs> love those accounting loopholes. Yeah, yeah, yeah and I'm sure, You like, guys both love it. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. That's the beauty of it. That's why they say eighty um, percent of CEOs are CPAs. Yeah, yeah I can. And I see why. Well, I was talking with an investment banker, and uh, they were even saying like to go to that next level, like you pretty much need to have some type of CPA mm-hmm. or. Mm-hmm. Something behind you, right? Yeah, other than just a degree. Yeah, yeah. certificate. What can separate sort. you from the next? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Huh. Is that what accounting was for you? Yeah, to me, that was the that was the hardest decision I had to make in my life. Once I got to Saint Fax, was finance or accounting? And to me, I was much stronger academically in finance. I got along a lot better with my with my profs. Um, I think a lot of people kind of do a little bit better in finance and accounting yeah. to start. Like, I mean, you really got to get the fundamentals down mm-hmm. to understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. And, but to me, like I, I, my, my actual good buddy back in Michigan was, um, he actually is working at PwC now in Detroit cool. and, uh, which is really cool. But we had a sushi date going into my, uh, <laughs> I think it was my second year, um, at Christmas time. And we were just talking, this was before I really figured out what I was going to be doing. Yep. And, um, so he, we just kind of talked it out and I kind of made that decision there that like accounting was going to be my thing strictly because it's, it's the fundamental basis of any business. Absolutely. Once you understand where that money flows, how it's flowing, where you can put money in different accounts, yep. uh, tax breaks, mm-hmm. all these different kind of regular 
kind of uh, regulations. Well, you understand the foundations, the building blocks yeah. to what makes a company, what makes a corporation, right? Exactly. Like, it's the I language mean, of business. Yeah. Accounting. Yeah, and then, and then the yeah. more and more you're exposed to it, the more and more you're diving into those kinds of things is you can you can break down financial statements and, and be mm-hmm. wise on how you're going to invest or advise yeah. someone on how they're going to invest. And mm-hmm. that's where every sort of fundamental job, for, whether it be finance or marketing or anything else, like any sort of person, they, they have to understand how the books work. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. yeah they should, at yeah. least. It's yeah. more valuable. Absolutely. Yeah. It's absolutely. Or hire someone to do it for you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you'll be able to do your own books. Hopefully, day. man, that's the plan. Yeah. Actually, I don't really want to be doing much, much books after in my thirties. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I heard, a, I heard a pretty cool quote that the the twenties are for learning and the thirties are for earning. So that's a yeah, that's good. I like that. Yeah. That's good. Grind like away. That. Grind away. Put your head down. Do your job. I'll never stop learning. Yeah, <laughs> lifelong learner. Yeah, lifelong learner. Agreed. So I mean, owning your own business is that like an end goal or? I don't want to necessarily be at a goal. It would be a cherry on top for me. Nice. So I, Roll to me, yeah. So right now, um, I could see myself, I know I have a lot of growth to do in terms of if I was really able to manage my own business, let alone manage myself. <laughs> no, but, um, no, so that's just the, the, the grind right now. I know I'm still growing a lot. And, um, if there's one thing that I could have learned from the OHL and from everything like that is that there is no rush. And there is no rush to that. You, you, you see guys that, that don't get drafted in the OHL, that their parents are in their ears and they're like, they're, they're like, add them, dude. Yeah. Like, you should be playing. You're playing. And like, it's crazy. It's yeah. absolutely crazy. crazy but then you see guys there. just come up out of the, out of the woodworks that like, you look at Marchie, for instance, he's, he's a stud in, in the AUS, Chase mm-hmm. Marchand. Yep. He actually, I played against him in the, oh, he, he played in the queue. He got wa- waved from the queue, came to the OHL was a backup or third string goalie or whatever, and then got waived from the OHL back to the queue. Really? And then he played and, and he went to Rouen and then he won a, uh, he ended up winning the Quebec League with Just them. Kid that needed an opportunity really. Exactly, he oh. needed to, he needed to develop a little longer. So to me, like there's like, if you can make yourself ready for whatever to come, mm-hmm. yes. Well, I was kind of thinking like, I mean, when I was younger, my idea with the NCAA was always like, you got to play junior from 16 to 20, mm-hmm. and then you got to go play junior, like, again, NCAA from 20 to, like, 25. Mm-hmm. Like, you get so much more time to develop. So and, much like, time. Like, you're graduating NCAA yeah. with pretty well, about eight years mm-hmm. of semi-pro under your belt. Yeah. And you know what? But at the time, like, when, when I was talking about these player advisors and these agents, it's kind of funny. So, my I made a shift from I had the guy that I had up until – 17, 18 years old, and then I ended up going with Igor Lariana, who's um, he's a Hall of Famer from the Detroit Red Wings. Okay. And um, but these guys, like they, they really just want you to play pro so they can make money. Mm. <laughs> For the most part, a lot of these guys have good relationships with yeah. with their players and these but kinds of things. There's definitely a bias in a right. direction. There's so, an incentive. For yeah. Them. So like for instance, after my OHL career, I'm. Told him like I was contemplating going to school. He got pissed off. Really? <laughs> yeah. So if you could go back. And you could have had a clear mind to pick, like today. I wouldn't change a thing. You'd keep it. I wouldn't change a thing. Okay. I'm, and that's that one of the. I went through a little bit of adversity last year, you know, like kind of finding out that I, I wouldn't be coming back this year, mm-hmm. and playing. So that was a tough pill to swallow. I played hockey my whole life, and but. Um, so how does that conversation get started, if you don't mind me asking? No, like, I mean it's. Um, it, it was a process. It was a. It was a long process through um, what what's kind of been going on, and. Um, 
Chase Marchand's actually, um, he's graduating a year early now, so it would be me and him both graduating this year, and I'd leave him with nobody. And um, along with um, a couple of the, some issues that I had to straighten off off the ice, mm-hmm. which, you know what, more power to myself. Like, I had to figure some, some things out, and uh, I had to grow up a little bit off the ice, and, and I'm, I'm really mad enough to kind of, to wear that, you know? Like, yeah. I, uh, like that's just part of, of growing up. It's an experience that you went through, and it's made you the person that you are exactly. today, right? And, and, and if, to take that into perspective, knowing that those things happen, and that, that the lows that you go through, where there, there are lows, there are some dark, dark nights, man, where you're just like, what am I going to do, dude? Like, I played hockey my whole life. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people really won't be able to understand that unless you've kind of been there. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> and, and it could be different for any other situation. So, like, to me, though, it's just kind of, it's about perseverance and just keep chugging and chugging and chugging and chugging along where even in those, like those dark phases, wherever you're at, like you just gotta, you just gotta understand that eventually that time will come, that season will come where it's time to harvest baby. Like yeah. it's time to, to really get going, like what you want to do. And yeah, but at the same time staying grounded. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Change is hard. Yeah. Especially when you're doing something your entire life and all yeah. of a sudden it's done. Like I can't, yeah. I can't imagine that really. Yeah. yeah. Well, I remember for me, even like stop playing hockey, going to school, okay. like it's such an adjustment. Yeah. Know? Like, I mean, you come in and like, even myself, like I came and did like a little bit of junior B and I was like, this just isn't for me. Like I need to just fully invest in being out from hockey. Yeah. Like I remember when I came in, it was just like right straight away after like two weeks of playing, I was like, I just need to fully put myself into this and yeah. go all the way to it. Well, it's cool. Like thinking about too, though, like, like a lot of when you when you graduate university like a lot of students start to realize like shit like i'm not at university anymore like like i have no one telling me what to do no no rubric on what i have to get done yeah like and that's where a lot of people start to get the scaries a little bit too like what am i going to be doing so it's the same kind of concept that you that you just gotta really just be grateful for what you have right now and work off of that yeah and be ready for opportunities to come because they do come you just have to i think too having like that self-discipline of like Okay, like you said, there's no agenda. There's no one saying, you know, I have to do the X, Y, and Z. Mm. But it's like being able to tell yourself, like, okay, if I need, if I want to get to where I'm going, I need to start doing, you know, A, B, C. Yeah. I need to start kind of putting that effort in and starting meeting these deadlines yeah. and get the ball rolling. Yeah, it's easy to make that free time, just free time, and watch Netflix all the time. Yeah, yeah. which a lot of people do. Yeah, like, yeah. fuck all the power I do. to them. I do yeah. All the time. Yeah. yeah, definitely not something I can do, but. Yeah, yeah, I think all of us are gonna go through that when we're, or at least I am. I've been in school my whole life, so. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's an adjustment. Yeah. It's it's definitely an adjustment, especially like, like I'm gonna I'm gonna miss like being around the boys all the time or being able to go to the bar and be like yeah. see you know see some friends or, you know if you're you're if you're wheeling and dealing you know see a couple of girls and do whatever. But like once yeah. you get into the real world, it's like it's real world, man. Like bills, it's, you know. Yeah, responsibility. But you know what, with um, just like um, the good old Spider-Man quote says, uh, <laughs> great power comes great responsibility. That's just <laughs> it, right? Uh, nailed it. <laughs> You've got good quotes. Oh, so. man. <laughs> just a quote book. I should, write, I should just write a book. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, so easy to think of a caption for your Instagram post <laughs> to release this. <laughs> what? Culper mm-hmm. quotes. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think uh, we can uh, think. Do we have any? I don't have any other quotes. Wait. No, I don't. I got a, I got a question. I want to hear from both of you, your guys' favorite, aside from business, favorite party experience at X. 
favorite party experience? Yeah, just it doesn't have to be an absolute shaker, but something oh, that just go. sticks out that that you want to tell you want to oh, tell someone that just be like, I wish I was there. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, let me think about this one. Putting you on the spot. Yeah, nothing's, you are. Nothing's coming to my head. <laughs> Fuck, great party experience here at X. I'm trying to think of something that was like maybe homecoming or or Burmac or. Or something like that. Like maybe you snuck into like an X rank party, or maybe you got like kicked out of a girl's house or something. <laughs> <laughs> I've been way too well behaved. You know what? Yeah, I'm gonna be working for you someday though. So <laughs> you want to lead this one off, and we'll follow up here. Yeah, I think I you think got a couple stories. I, oh man, I, in the chamber. I got a few too many. You might kind of inspire some thoughts here. Yeah, I think you have something in mind. Oh man. Oh gosh. Okay. Well, we can go. Uh, <laughs> Oh, fuck. There we go. Okay, okay. well, all right. Well, now, now that, um, I guess the cannabis is legal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, that it's all <laughs> legal. now that it's legal, we can talk about this. Yeah. <laughs> so, my, it wasn't really legal then. This was last week. Yeah, last week. This was morning. So, after, uh, we will always remember this. My, my guys from my first year. Um, so, we went to the bar. And then, the village is a big house in yeah. St. Effects. They have... The, at the time there was um, there were fourth year girls that lived there so we were mm-hmm. first years coming in but they were the same age as us right but none of the actual older guys knew these girls but for some reason we made relationships with them and got to go so anyways <laughs> we were we were at the bar and then after they're like yo like come over we'll have a smoke off they called it shit you not man really? there was there was 12 of us 12 of us went over to, Holy to, shit. to the girl's house. Yes, man, to, to the village. And we just had the best time. Just, like, we, most of the guys, we've never done any of that shit before. Yeah. And then we just, we did it. And, like, I have a video on my phone of just the boys just, like, looking, like, at each other, like, <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> and I, it sticks out in my head of, like, 12 guys in this one room, and there's, like, 10 girls or whatever and they were everyone just like passing the bong around yeah and doing their thing and we're all just after the barley kennies and just like saying the stupidest stupidest <laughs> shit <laughs> but man that's just that's something sticked out for me i can that's a ne- good on next edition man i can i'll, I'll put together some yeah some maybe, say, maybe next time we'll have to think of stories but yeah <laughs> actually I, I can think of a good one here for kenny's for the kenny's friends here so we we're leaving the pub one night it's like i don't know maybe like last call going out we go into Kenny's and uh, Razzy, our roommate, goes up and Kenny's delivering pizzas and he's like in a rush getting ready to leave. He's like, hey, Kenny, can we grab the aux cord? And he's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And like a cluster leaving. So the wait, the girl working is like, yeah, no problem. Razzy plugs his phone and he's got like trap music going out Kenny's <laughs> and like everyone's piling in from the pub. <laughs> got the beers going and he got the like, oh, it was a... It was oh, an absolute disaster. Okay. Kenny is a weapon, man. He is a weapon. <laughs> I don't love that guy. I feel bad for him at times, though. Like, he gets holes in his walls and, like... He loves it. That keeps him young. It <laughs> keeps him <laughs> young, yeah. yeah. Jeez. I, I did sell my hoverboard to uh, one of the pizza makers at Kenny's, though. Yeah. No way. Oh, yeah, a good relationship with him. And I posted on Buy and Sell, and he, he slid into my DMs there. And it's, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, dude, I'll come drop it off. I'm going to grab a slice anyway. Give <laughs> <laughs> me a discount. Yeah, I got rid of the hoverboard. <laughs> Using it while making pizza, just hovering around the kitchen. I wouldn't want to see that. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> dangerous. 
So, uh, did you hear in a couple weeks, Panzel's coming on? Yeah, pa- Panzer's coming on, and we were actually talking before he came here. He's fired up. Oh, yeah? So, yeah. Um, He's got to pick a friend to come with him. Nathan Breadman, uh, Pancel, Psychopath. Is that <laughs> it's going to be? Yeah. Alright, you got any good uh, questions for us yeah. to like, line oh, up? Um, and, and what should we ask him? Ask him about some of his exes. Some of his exes? Oh, my God. No, it might be too soon. Or <laughs> <laughs> not soon enough. <laughs> That We're guy, totally that guy's got uh, some great stories. He'll be, he'll be a good buzz on here. Yeah, he's been. Uh, he messaged me like as soon as uh, he must have been right after yeah, you guys were I talking. I told him. I told him about it. <laughs> I'd love to be a fly on the wall for that one. Jeez, feel free to join. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you can, yeah, you can just be here. <laughs> you can just be on the podcast. Back to back. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think he's in like two weeks. Not this week, but next week he's out. Twentieth. Yeah, I think we booked him in for like twentieth. Yeah. Twentieth. Yeah. Oh, he'll, he'll be a good treat. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, because you're like you're our first. This is our first time doing it with anyone else. That's yeah, our first actual. We're guest. working out the kinks, boys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't. This is great. People, like, yeah, we're doing our best here. Yeah, we're doing good. Cool. Well, hmm. anything else anyone has to touch on here? We've kind of rolled through my list. Yeah, that was our. I I got nothing else. I'm Gucci boys. I don't right. have a story either. Sorry. Oh come on! Can't think of any. I don't remember it. He'll, he'll get it. He'll he'll think about it. I'm um, here. I'm here. Less, yeah. Little less scrutiny, and then he'll have uh, next week Jeez, really we're to just drop have a lot of stories lined up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna start thinking about these. Uh, just let them flow, baby. <laughs> All right. Well, do uh, Brandon, you want to sign us off here? And yeah. Well, thank you for having us thanks, and coming on, man. Thanks for having me, guys. First it's guest. always a always a pleasure coming down to Stories from the Niche. Yeah. You know, I look forward to what this really has uh, in hold for you guys. I'm really excited to be following this along. So yeah, appreciate it. Appreciate having you. Awesome, yeah, boys. Great. All right, man. Cool. Well, until next time. Yep. Thanks for listening. Whoa.